jumping right in. Okay. Well, not even going to do an intro. We're here. No, because we already did. We already started. Craig, Craig's a fan of the no intros these days. So. Well, I'm just kind of disappointed, Peter, that you and I didn't get the message to wear a black. I feel very un-Vegas, like, well, un, it, un-ver- not very magician-like, because we, they are, we are with the magicians. Let me tell Everybody you why they are it. smart. Let me tell you why they are smart. They are so busy and so successful that that it's a thing that Zuck does and Steve Jobs does, and it's decision. It's called decision fatigue. And if you can just wear white V-necks, I mean black V-necks every day, it's one less decision that you have to make in your entrepreneurial day. It's school uniform, baby. It's school yeah. uniform. Right, Are you both wearing the same exact V-neck? Can I see your full? I want to see more. Okay. That's oh, the yeah. same. It's yeah. standard issue at oh, Ritter yeah, Ramsey. Is it really? Do, so, does everybody wear black there? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we do too, Craig. Our masks are black. Our gloves are black. Oh, Shoes are black. So you obviously yeah. wear only polyvinyl gloves then, huh? <laughs> they don't make latex black vinyl. Uh, they don't make black uh, don't latex, huh? No. Latex free, man. So I feel like this podcast can go hard right or hard left right now based on <laughs> could. Could. So if you're just if you're just wondering who the hell we have on the Bulletproof pod, we got our buddies in Florida. Did you guys fare okay in the... In the, uh, Actually, the we're very fortunate. We fared, we fared great. I feel so bad for the other coast. We have friends. Our main laboratory is over there. Make no mistake about it. Everybody gets back to their normal lives. And maybe you see at 6 o'clock or 6.30 on the national news, maybe you pay attention. But there are some people that are truly, truly devastated. Lost everything. Lost. Imagine, imagine you guys right now, the, the lives that we live. And literally tomorrow, you've got no home, mm. no office, and all your cars and possessions, pictures of your – everything is gone. Everything. Gone. Oh, yeah. Gone. You've got just you and the health of your family, but you're standing there going, okay. And everybody goes, well, you can rebuild. And I was thinking about people that do what we do. I'm like, mm-hmm. you're done. Like people aren't going to the dentist over the next year. They're trying to figure out their lives. You yeah, know? a lot of people lost – there's a lot of not just personal property, but lost – You know, there's going to be a lot of death and you know, oh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a really mess. bad. And I'm only thinking of our industry, you know, like think of how many dentists are in Fort Myers that they've got, there's no business to be had there. There's nothing, it's a completely different vibe and, and, and mm-hmm. the ability to provide for your family and everything, that's all been taken away from you. So Yeah, it's in survival mode right now, right? Yeah, the city's in survival mode, mode and, and dentistry, dentistry is not I went, a medical necessary. Me, I went through that 18 years ago. We got double hurricanes 18 years ago, Francis and Jean, and I had to use my practice interruption insurance. We had got walloped. Craig, were you here 18 years ago for those? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, dude, he was. Yeah, he my was practice 52. Was I was 48, 18 years ago. 48, yeah, you were. No. Um, yeah, I was 15. Um, yeah. and the practice got shut down three weeks out of four in September. Still paid mm. my team employees with the practice interruption insurance, but I mean, nobody was coming in to do dentistry, even if the practice right. was open because the places were just destroyed. So, yeah. I, I, I really feel badly for the people on the west coast. I know what they're going through right now. Well. Anyway, Rob, Chris, Yo. Of, of Ramsey and Ritter, Peter. the one the, the I think end. it's Ritter and Ramsey. By the way, you don't want to get them all pissed off. At oh, each really? Other. Yeah. Why, why does like, one precede the other? Yeah, that's Just a good seniority? question. Let's get right that out, right out of the way. Why is it Ritter and Ramsey? Age before beauty, baby. Age before beauty. Well, okay. Well, it used to be hair before anything else, but now that he's caught up to me in hair. We got to go back to longevity and. Uh, just so guys, why you guys are reason? just beautiful hair over there and, and uh, a lot of hair going on over there. Dude, this <laughs> just a reason to go check us out on YouTube. This was expensive, baby. This was expensive. Yeah. Well, it's, it looks it's well Mine worth it, buddy. Actually. You're looking sharp. So what uh, what's going on with you guys these days? I think the busiest thing. I think what's going on. I think the thing that's keeping us the the busiest right now is obviously you know it's our day to day. Rob and I have been together almost 20 years. A lot of people that have heard us before talk about partnerships and things. Um, you know, we've got a solid almost 20 years behind us making that work. And um, and then obviously the last year and a half, our, our own educational course, the protocol um, just boomed, you know, and it, it turned, it morphed into, it morphed into what we dreamed it would be, but questioned whether the, how fast it would happen or what was going to happen. And it, it, uh, it really took off and it's, it's been super, super, um, super gratifying in the sense that we created something that wasn't another me too course. You know, there's a million places to go for implants or a great continuum you can take out in Scottsdale or Seattle or something like that. Um, 
you, you know, know, I think you guys filled and I'm gonna jump in. So if you're not familiar with the protocol, it's it's a hands on course, you go you go down to the office, it's it fills the void of what I'm about to say. So I met you guys actually through the Hornbrook group. And a lot of people listening to this may not even known that was a thing. I don't know if it's a thing anymore or not. But the Hornbrook group was, you know, it was a big group of on site, you know, continuing education in cosmetic dentistry and stuff like that. And that's I think actually maybe they take that back. I may have met you guys through Gen X back in the day. Yeah, maybe that was it. But I know weren't you both involved with the Hornbrook group at a time? I, I, I actually pack live. I taught a pack, pack live. live. Okay, so it, what, what was pack live and then and then I guess they spun yeah, off and then it was Hornbrook group and then I don't you know who knows what it is now. But for a while there, you know, Craig and I were getting these questions about people were saying like, what, what CE should I take? And, you know, we kind of look at each other and like, there really, there's not that many good, like hands-on things other than like, you know, there's Coys and Spear, but like, there wasn't, there wasn't like, there wasn't a Hornbrook group. And, and so I'm glad you guys filled this. Cause I, I, I have a doctor who actually went through your protocol and he mm. said nothing but great things to say about him. Oh, King. who went? Drew King. Okay. That's awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Great guy. And great, great guy, guy. Right. Um, great guy. And he, uh, so, I, I mean, you guys are doing good things, good for dentistry. And I love, I love being able to kind of, kind of, uh, when you see that stuff, good for the profession. Cause I know you both very well. I've known you for probably 20 years and, and I know that you are passionate about dentistry. You're passionate about your craft. You're passionate about your patient care. And so when, when you get to get up there and lead, I love, I love that because it's, it does good things for the industry. Cause I know your intentions come from a very pure place. So well, we, wanted, uh, we wanted to, we wanted to do something, you know, the, the key here is, what we really want to do was we both came out at this with different passions with the same goal. And I think one of the things I was personally passionate about was I was thinking I had taken all the CE as all of us have all the, throughout the decades here and done all this different stuff. And yet there was no place that was telling me the obvious thing, which was you can take all the CE in the world, take another Invisalign course, take another implant course. But if you can't get asses in the seat, what's the point? Right. I just listened. I was just listening. Rob was just giving you guys mad props about a recent podcast that you guys did about, you know, language and verbiage. And um, and um, I, I, I want to listen to that in depth because I've only heard it in sections. I want to hear it from beginning to end. And your, your guys are really good on talking about the communication. My thing was I just looked at the most uh, the most recent uh, acceptance rates for average practices in America, you know, and it was amazing. It's 40 percent. So you see 10 consults and you only get four people to commit. I'm like, wow, that's terrible. Oh, you're saying, you're saying so, so as a human, meaning someone just enroll in some kind of treatment, that that counts towards the positive column? Or are you saying proposed treatment of the aggregate treatment versus accepted? I'm saying you've proposed treatment to someone and they say yes or no. Basically, they're like- but could it be a partial acceptance is where I'm going. Say it again. Could it be like a partial acceptance? Like, Miss Jones, you've got 19 yeah, crunches. Case All right, I'll do three. Versus overall treatment acceptance. Yeah, the way I was asking the question to Dental Intel when I got the information was basically like, and I think it was, they were talking about, comp, you know, we were looking at it from, uh, even they were counting like just single units. People saying, okay. I'm proposing this treatment and, um, and what's the percentage rate, you know, throughout the country. And, you know, they were showing me that it was 39%, 40%. Wow. What do you and think like, the issue is? Uh, on that. I oh, hundred percent. It's everything that I talk about in my own program. You know, I, I, I covered in my own stuff that I do, as you guys know, but then I obviously introduced a huge part of it in protocol, which is basically an understanding of what's going on during these conversations. What, how are you structuring right now? I finally started to present in its entirety for me personally, basically the art and science of a console. I've been working on that for a decade because I've watched everybody go down a rabbit hole and it never makes any sense to me. I watched everybody talk to patients and everybody does the same thing. They start to have this conversation and the patient kind of, somebody has to, each person's going to hold hands. Yeah. Who's going to now lead the right. conversation? Who's going to, who's going to take the person down the path? And typically it's the patient pulling the dentist along a path that they don't want to go down. You've all seen this example, right? Mrs. Jones sits in your chair and goes, it's really nice to meet you, Dr. X. Um, so let me explain why I'm here. I'm thinking about maybe doing some things to make my smile look a little bit better. I had these two crowns over on my right. Those were done two years ago. So I really don't want to cop, cut those off. So what I want you to do is maybe look at some of these and try to match this one over here. And the, you start having these weird conversations. And the whole time the dentist is like, no, 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 no. And there's no rhyme or reason to how these consults are done. 
So and usually they acquiesce in the end. So just so we just so we're clear, like, okay, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah, right, I, want, right. I want you to like me. Uh, right. Know. I want you to like me. And they cave and start doing <laughs> dentistry. They, they don't want to do. So the big thing for me, what, what I was passionate about, what I brought to the protocol was the ability to say, look, in a given amount of time, there is a structured way to do a consult. And if you follow these basic steps that are honed in cognitive psychology, social psychology, if you look at this and you understand the dynamics of it and you kind of script it through your brain about the steps necessary to have a conversation, it's huge. I asked my treatment coordinator to run the numbers and I've had four no's out of the last 30 consults. So what is that? Mm, that's uh, 80, yeah, I was 80, gonna say 12% not accepted. Yeah, 88%. Yeah, yeah. and that, when I say the consults, I'm not talking about a single crown. That's not a consult to me. I'm talking about eight or more units at a time being presented. Right. What do you think year. ideal? What do you think ideal is, Chris? Ideal? Ideal acceptance rate. Oh my! Well, for for every dance, it should be a hundred percent. That's I not disagree. Realistic. I disagree. You, you disagree, Rob? I want to hear what you think it should be. Of uh, what the percentage should be? Yeah, well, accepted. Yeah, if you if you're batting a hundred percent, right? No, so uh, Chris, I'm going to come back to this. So, what, what do you think it should right. be? Well, something's not right. If everybody's a hundred percent, you could be charging five hundred dollars a veneer. And so your prices are too low. You're underdiagnosing. Right, you're not, you're, you know, all these right. things, right? So you're, you could be, or you could just be God's gift to pr proposing treatment. And you could be, uh, like our, like our, like our buddy here in the bottom, right? He's the bottom. <laughs> hope he's the bottom right of your thing. No, well. I mean, it, it should be, it should be well, the national average, like we said, is 40%, but we don't, that's really too low. I would agree. That's, that's too low. low. But I well, the top, the top 10%, I'm sorry, man. Top 10% was in the, it was in the high sixties. Okay. So yeah, I, I am kind of of the mindset and I'd love to hear your feedback. I love that it's hundred percent uh, Chris, cause I know that you need like, you're like, look, give me an at bat. I will hit the ball. I guarantee you. I love that mentality of you, but, but you've, you've addressed that swagger over the past of your entire career. You've made it a science. So it's not just right. like I, it's you, you've made it methodical. Um, and you said you've been obsessed with that the past 10 years. I think the goal personally is kind of a rule of thirds. Right. Because there's always going to be, uh, you know, a third are always going to say no, a third are always going to say yes, and a third is kind of undecided. So if you can convince that middle third to kind of go towards you, then then I think that you're doing well. So 70% is kind of where I think is a good line of it's a healthy mix of like, okay, I'm proposing enough treatment where I'm not getting 100% yeses. Because look, a dentist could go in and say, hey, Miss Jones, you need an occlusal filling, right? And they could sit, come back to you and be like, and they do that 12 times in the next 12 patients. Everyone says, yes, it's covered by our insurance. My enrollment is 100%, right? Now, now, Chris, I know that's not the case with you because you're doing complex cosmetics, and that's a different animal altogether. I'm just saying some dentists wear that as a badge of honor. Is that like, I, no one says no to me. Well, maybe you want to push the envelope a little bit more, right? right. Maybe you want to actually go into exactly. sort of comprehensive and diagnosis and have conversations like Craig has a lot, which is like, hey, you've got this unilateral wear it means you've got this massive interference back here your vdo's collapsed as opposed to like hey you need a new crown right that's all that's all i was going that's yeah. all I, where i was going with what that. i found interesting though is when i was listening to your guys' last podcast uh craig had mentioned uh, you used a great term that i don't think i had heard that and i was like we, did you call it the weather map of the you know the itero scan that shows the occlusal? Yeah. <laughs> i love that i love that the weather map that was great but um I always like to be clear about this. So when we talk about this, if, if we're going to get into any depth of this conversation, I want people to know too, I have zero conversations with people until they bring it up to me. That's the truth. Now that not be, I not be right, but I'm just saying, I don't go down rabbit holes with people that I don't think they're ready to hear because a lot of times we start having these conversations, we introduce things. Are you aware of that? Blah, 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 blah. So and wait, in a high, oh, let's hold on, slow down. So yeah. in a hygiene exam versus a consult, right? Because there's two different, two different things. So you're saying Correct. you don't bring something up in a hygiene exam until someone says it. it's concern of theirs. Unless we're talking about the obvious. They've got decay. They've got this. They've got, but I don't go to, I, none of our team goes, how do you feel about your smile? Have you considered, you know, your, you know, I don't do any of that. I don't do any of that because it. Rob, do you? Not really. No, no I don't. I, I do. don't. I do too. Or I, I do. Every single person, like, do you love your smile? And if their smile looks like they're a human can opener and they answer, I love my smile, I always say the same thing, me too. But I always ask oh, people, nice. do you love your smile? That's nice. that's nice. Yeah. I don't care what it looks like, but I always ask. I, did, I love you, hearing this. Why are you, this, well, why are you asking? 
But why are you asking? If they haven't brought it up to you, I'm just curious. Why Why are you asking? Because I think I you're in a position, you're in a position where your opinion matters, meaning that it can be aesthetics. Yes, it could be functional, but they don't know the difference. And so you're asking because you have spent 20 years looking at one thing, the mouth, right? Yeah, let me, let me put it in different context. And again, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate for okay. people that are listening. So if we're out at a bar and I go, hey, Peter, what do you think about that shirt you're wearing? Total non sequitur. The circular. That's a ridiculous comparison. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Why not? Ridiculous comparison. Why not? It's a because they're actually cut. People are coming to your office as a professional to get your expert opinion. It's like saying my AC contractor comes over, and he starts th- saying something to me like, "Hey, I don't really like your shirt. You're a fucking AC guy. What's wrong, with my, my? Hey, did you know your AC is breaking? That's important." Yeah, the context matters, right? So if you said, hey, Pete, how do you like your drink? Because you're at the bar. I said, like, that's that's the context. If he's my bartender, do you love your drink? No, I don't. I wanted something sweeter. Well, I'm your bartender. Let me help you. Okay. Sorry, guests. No, but tell tell me. Give me me a more applicable comparison, not one that's in context. I'm trying to get young practitioners to not get get stuck in this. If you're going to ask the question, you've got to be ready. You know, how do you feel about your smile? Well, no, no, no. That's I, not what we, that's not what I ask. So let me just love, say, do so do you love your smile? Yes, I do. Yes, I agree with you, Mr. Chris. I agree. You have a beautiful smile. Or do you love your smile? Not really. Why? Well, you see how all my crowns are different colors in the front? I hate that. But I was just told I couldn't fix it because I went to my family dentist. He says, I can't fix it. Well, what okay. did he say? He says that, you know, all we do is porcelain fused to metal and I'm just using industry terms and those gray lines have to be there. Oh, really? He didn't tell you that we have this? No, I didn't know about that. Well, we can do that. Would would you want to do something if we could? Okay. Why not have that conversation? Well, do you feel feel that conversation would arise for someone who actually really did care? Like we're really unhappy. Do you think they would they would say something to you? If they're in their chair, if they're in your facility and they're like, wow, it's a beautiful office. What a great team. Holy crowd. This experience is amazing. You don't if they really cared, you don't think they would bring it up? No, just okay. my experience in 20. I mean, okay. listen, we're all equally yoked in the experience department. And I'm, I, I have just seen providers that I've worked with through masterminds and through other that when they start introducing the simple question of do you love your smile? Their, their practices, their personal practice, their personal production goes in a totally different next level. It's fine. We will also, let me, let me preface that because there's contextual involvement too. All of our patients meet in a consult room first. Mm. So you're sit, you're not in the dental chair. You're sitting knee to knee in a private room. You're reviewing medical history. All patients, of, no matter all new all patients, patients go consult room. Okay, all so patients. That, even, there, there lies, okay, so there's there a difference. lies the dynamic. Yeah, That's even even right. a limited exam. Well, you right, you this, have intel that that you have intel that is now allows you to ask that question versus right, Chris is saying I'm going in blind. That's not how the average person is going through the, all these. Right. Most people that are listening to you. We, we like to think that's the way, but most people, that's not how it's going. Everybody's, most people in the America are coming through hygiene, right? So they're getting their exam, x-rays, cleaning. Whether we like that or not, that's a reality. No, that's, they're getting that in my practice too. It's just before the hygiene exam, there's a touch point of like maybe five minutes or less where it's like, hi, I'm Dr. Ramsey. You know, uh, let me, I'm just going to sit down with you for one minute and or five minutes and just go through all this stuff. And one in of the, the things- Peter, room, how many, Peter, how many yeah. practices do you think are doing it Craig's way? How would we uh, ever know? I would, I would not, not that, not that many. Um, I would say ten percent, maybe mm-hmm. are doing it like consult how, room how first. How would we know? Well, just by I think just by talking, Craig, hey, and aggregating ask, data. Let and me ask Alexa. Hey, talking. Alexa, how many? I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's. I think there's some resistance with that, meaning that like my initial knee jerk reaction is like, oh man, I'm already getting brought into this quote unquote sales room. Right. Like that's Craig. I'm not throwing shade. No, I know. I know. Obviously, listen, if this was the first week my office was open, you'd be really scared. Totally. Right. So obviously what you're doing is not broken. Don't fix a thing. Right. right. But it would scare the crap out of me. But right. But to change my culture. Right. We do it probably along the same lines as as Chris and Rob is that, you know, it's it's that is introduced through the hygiene exam because people, quote unquote, I want to get a cleaning. Right. Which opens, which is a which is a gateway for more conversations. So I agree the truth. I think the truth lies in somewhere where Craig is saying like, do you like your smile? 
is a great start for conversation. And maybe it's said a different way, but sometimes, but sometimes people don't know that options are available. And I love the example you gave, Craig, about like, hey, well, I was told I wasn't a candidate for Invisalign, so I didn't Always. say anything. I was, told I, I was told nothing could be done with these crowns. This metal line is, my doctor said that, my last dentist said that you had to have it because of strength reasons. I, I know there's nothing I can do about it. You know, things like that. So it's a great right, but place that to happens open it up. all the time just, for me. Young, all the time. Young practitioners, young practitioners that are, are following you guys or coming up with you guys or getting getting great advice through Bulletproof. I think it's important for them to us to understand. It's a great topic. You, you gotta be okay with the fact that if you're a, a practitioner and you're trying to up your up your game a little bit, what would happen is if you're bringing three people and you ask that question. It will sound initially, it will sound sales pitchy. It will. Mm. Oh, I totally trying. disagree. Totally, man. How well, do you, I Rob, totally disagree. Tell me, Rob, jump in like, here. I want to hear this. Come on, I, man. I totally disagree I, I like, with you, bud. I, I like the going back and forth. I'm somewhere in between. I do like, I will say, I do like going into a hygiene room when I get a prompt from either the patient or from the hygienist. Uh, hey, is there something I can do about my smile or the patient is interested in talking to you about their smile? It makes things so much easier for me to start oh, that man. conversation. I will work with you guys and double your practices and <laughs> one year money back. I'm not fucking kidding, guys. <laughs> I swear back. to you. Look at me in the eyes. I will uh, double your practices in oh, one year. Oh, God. Shut up. Right. I'm just <laughs> you, give this advice, you give this advice to some young practitioners and you get them to say that. They're going to – when they catch – when they catch a little resistance, mm -hmm. they gotta then they gotta have a lot of things in their what, arsenal. Did, what is the resistance? What tell me the resistance, Chris? Tell well, because he's saying it's a it's a it's a leading question that people it's, have the bullshit the detector, question. and it well, says first like, of all, okay, here so, it comes the so, sales pitch. So what listen, bothers you? So I will never ask a patient in my practice, "Do your crowded teeth bother you?" I will never ask that. Like no, that would be ridiculous. That's a negative statement. Or, 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 or do, does you know if they said, "Well, my teeth are kind of crowded," or, I, I, put it this way: it's crowded teeth are a health issue. They're not optimally healthy if they're crowded because you're wearing. When you look at the way the teeth are wearing when they're crowded, oftentimes they're associated with wear. And age-appropriate wear is something that, is, as dental practitioners, we're not actually having that conversation nearly enough. So we're meeting a 26-year-old pretty girl. She's lost like 30% of her enamel. Like, you look fine. No cavities, no periodontalty. See you later. And then they meet guys like us when they're 45 and they need an FMR. So I, I heard that on that your podcast. I, I heard that on your podcast and I, I, it resonated with me. So, the, so the reason why I bring that up is because we have specific knowledge. We There's a paucity of professional advice. Your air conditioning guy will go in your your house and be like, yeah, I just changed the filters. You get another one and be like, hey, the you have mold in the coils and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's not a sales process. If he's trying to sell me something, yeah, people have a built-in bullshit detector. I'm not doing that. I am not interested in selling anyone anything. But if someone is living a what I call a dental handicap life because they were told by 15 providers or 15 years before us that there's nothing they can do and they've just resolved to that fact, it takes one of us, either a listener or one of the four of us to say, do you love it? No, I don't. Why? Tell me. Well, I just hate how they're all this, but I'm not a candidate for Invisalign. And I know that crowns don't look like teeth. And I know that... You know, um, you can't do anything. Well, why do you say that? Well, because I went to this dentist for five years and he said all crowns have to have metal in them. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we brought this up because they don't have to. You are a candidate. It's those types of conversations. It's incumbent upon us to have those. Not about sales. I don't care. I don't care if someone does work or not. I really don't. Chris, how far, and this is, a, sorry, this is going to be a- Do you want to kick me off? Intimate question. No. How far are you booked out right now? You know, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. By the way, you you guys have known me a long time. You know, I either never answer a question directly or I always answer a question with a question. So okay. when you say how far are you booked out, it's an interesting thing because I have patients that are booked now about two and a half months from now to get work done. Okay. Between now and that two and a half months, do I have gaps to get people in? Yes. Okay. So the question becomes this. When someone says, I'm booked out two and a half months, I can make that statement right now. It's true. That perception then becomes, I'm completely booked, meaning I can't get anybody in, which most dentists are full of shit. Right. So let's let's just get down to that. So the first thing is how far I'm out. I got some people that are pre-booked now, two and a half months out for me to start their stuff. 
because of our location where we lie on the, where we lie geographically and the nature of our area where people got other things going on and yada 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 so two two and a half months out i still got stuff on the books raring to go i've got people that are lined up to start their uppers in january so what month is, yeah november yeah so, so that's three, almost three months out yeah so yeah let me tell why you, you why, go, why did that. you go there yeah why, why because 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 we talk about this in the mastermind a lot or to our masterminders a lot and so and everyone will shake their head when you seem to psychologically feel like you are booked out the verbiage your enrollment things change about your delivery because heaven forbid they say yes and you add now more you're feeling burnt out you're feeling overwhelmed you're feeling too booked and now you go into a consultation and you don't have and, and you can't afford to ask hey mrs jones d does your smile bother you because now you're going to get busier than you're already feeling busy so we the masterminders always shake their head like you almost underdiagnose and don't say anything and say it. i'm gonna watch because i can't afford to be more busy is where mm -hmm. i was going that's so it, you may have the luxury you have the luxury chris because yeah. people come to you and they seek you for something to not have to ask these leading questions that could lead to treatment because right because you're just that good and i've seen you in action like you're just that good so you are well, unicorn no, in the space I appreciate it. But as we as we talk about this, I think for our listener, I always picture somebody listening to this podcast with you guys. You know, they're driving in their car. I'm going to listen to this on the way home or I'm going to whatever. So I want to make sure we're always talking about the same thing. So one of the things I want to make sure we're clear on is there is going through hygiene and there is an actual consult. I Meaning they've called and said, I'd like to make a consult with Dr. Whoever because, uh, um, you know, someone recommended me to them for some cosmetic work what or whatever. I need to see them because I got some broken teeth. A true consult, I truly believe by the time that person comes to you, and there's a million reasons why I believe this, by the time that person gets to your chair, they're 90% there. 100%. I completely they're 90% agree with there. You. The last 10%. All you can do is fuck it up. All you can do is fuck it up. <laughs> and, and if you're a dentist, you're going to fuck it up. Right? Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, how, that's what's going to happen. Um, so I believe that wholeheartedly. So what I'm talking about as far as not needing to ask these questions and everything like that is my, our consults, when I'm done with you guys, I have a consult. My brain already tells me that person's taking time out of their day. They've done a, somewhat a decent amount of research. Everyone yeah. Googles everything now. They've made a decision to take time out of their day, drive over here, come to an environment they've never been in, fill out our stupid-ass paperwork. A lot of friction there, right? Yeah, well, a lot yeah, of friction. They, they really uh, want yeah. that because that's a lot of friction. Yeah. And the right. reason why I said I could double your practice because there's another half of those patients that are coming in that would be very interested. They just don't know it's possible. So what had to happen for that consult to show up is they heard about cosmetic dentistry. They saw it look good either in a magazine or somewhere else on one of your patients, and then they decided to come in. But the other half of them, just like they've never, they saw something about Mary and they thought veneers look like that. Right. And I'm just saying when they come into the hygiene and you sit down like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Dr. Dr. Ramsey and blah, 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 blah. Just a quick question. You know, I always like to ask patients this, you know, uh, whatever the context of it is. Yeah. I'll just say, like, do you love your smile? Yes, I do. Great. I do, too. I'm really happy you're happy with your smile. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, if you like your smile and all four of us like our smiles, it's a really great thing that we have. It's a great mm -hmm. asset. It's a great Greg, tool. Can I ask? A, can, I, can I actually Please. jump in here for a second and yeah, ask a question? <laughs> yeah. Uh, do your hygienists ask the same question of your patients or is that everyone just in our office more, more than not talks the same. So, so again, like I'm, the weather I'm map, the that question. So the, when the patient yeah. shows up for yes. the hygiene appointment, the hygienist has asked that question. And then you might go in during the exam and ask the same question. Well, like, let me, so, so the order is a little off. So a patient in our practice comes in before they meet, any hygienist or anybody else, they meet a treatment coordinator, they get a panel in our office, they sit down in a consult room, we review their medical history. At that point, the doctor comes in, sits down, it's a quick interaction, it could be five minutes, hey, nice to meet you, oh, Sally sent you over here, I'm really happy. On our questionnaire, there's like questions about your smile, do you like it, your do you have difficulty chewing, are you avoiding certain foods, do you avoid smiling? And so it's a simple like, hey, do you, you, know, do you love your smile? If if that you know if they didn't at, say that and a hygienist then wound up saying it in the room and said you know I got to talk to you about something I really I'm I'm not you know if it came up again the, the hygienist would come get us but we don't we review the hygienist reviews the occlusal gram the weather map as we call they're scanning every single patient we're talking about age inappropriate wear we're talking about how teeth when they wear they get flatter on the top those conversations are happening all the time in our office okay.
Okay. And then we go back in the consult room at the end, and the patient that Wait, never two consult up, rooms two times. No, sit, yeah, at the end to check out. Oh, yes. Wow. Or okay, the hygienist will check out for recall. That, that you're you're an anomaly, bro. You realize? You really are. <laughs> I didn't know. The people didn't listening know to times. this are driving right now. Somebody in Idaho is driving, going, "Fuck that, man!" Yeah. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. When when listen, if you're in Idaho and you're, you're listening, listening to this, this right and you have four operatories, you can do you can, no, no, no. When you're in Idaho and you're listening to this, you could have multiple different ways of doing practice. And my goal always was to reimagine the way dental care is done. And if you add, if you went to the five people that are closest friends of yours and spent a day in their dental offices, you would find five entirely different models. Mm -hmm. So don't Great. conflate this Peter Bolden and Ritter Ramsey on the same. You went to his practice, you'd be like, holy fuck. It's actually more, it's, it's totally different. So the point I'm trying to make is you don't have to go to a checkout area for my practice. You can have a mobile checkout with a hygienist like Peter and I have. You can actually have a treatment plan presented and paid for by, a, by an assistant. So it's actually more efficient. I have same-day dentistry. So yes, you'll have to go to a console room, but you'll have four-unit bridge done in one visit in Emacs. So it's not inefficient. It's actually more efficient. Uh, dude, it obviously it works. It's just it's no, I know, but what like I love about he this was so that... quick to say fuck that because he has to go to a consult room. You have to go home with a temporary, bro. In my mouth, I don't want to go home with a temporary. I want to fix my tooth. Today we just did three units in house. Oh, I didn't know that. That's new. Oh, okay. That was I'm talking the Ritter and Ramsey of September. I didn't realize this. No, we go with three units say, but 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 for instance, to give you a perfect example, like you just mentioned, like what's like you just use I know it's just an example, but someone needs a four unit bridge. Well, yeah, you're getting an attempt, you're goddamn right. Because I need you to test drive that temp. There's a lot of things to be done. So test, we test drive our permanent, and I'll remake the permanent. I do that too. <laughs> oh Literally, that seems oh, wow. terrible. Okay. No, it's great. Because hey, I Peter, can, can we move us along a little bit. Yeah. Oh shit, man. You think I'm the moderator? You think I'm the moderator, Rob? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So All can right. we jump topics here? Um, let's yes. jump topics. Okay. So. Let's start at the beginning. I really enjoyed that, though. I gotta say, okay, I like great. it when the soup Look at all gets the hot. clips that come out of that. Yeah, I like it when boiling. the soup gets um, hot. So when we thank you very much about talking about the protocol, when we decided to do this, what I want to tell everybody was, uh, we have been through. Me and Chris had been through all of Spear, all of Coise. I had done all of Dawson. He had done all of Panky, and they're wonderful teaching institutions. I this our course is not a replacement for any one of those curriculums. The problem with all of the curriculums are they don't show you how to tie it together in your in your practice. They just don't. It's they're not set up for that. It's not geared for that. And so what happens is, and this is no slant against any of them, but let's be honest. They'll have people at the back of the room that come in as their whatever they call them. And then you go ask them for questions and you're like, hey, listen, you know, I've got this case. How many of these do you actually do in your practice? The answer, well, no, no, I don't have that kind of practice. Um, I, I don't I don't really, Wait, you know, I, I don't do this type of dentistry. I mean, where's the value there? So we said, let's go ahead and actually show people how to take all this wonderful knowledge and apply it in your practice. Human, you know, Chris goes over communication. There's nobody out there doing it. Some people have tried to emulate Chris and not very well. Um, and Chris does something that's very different than everybody else. And I talk about patient attraction. And then we talk about the digitization of, of dentistry and how to do this, you know, in a way that is easily applicable on Monday when you go back to your practice, because otherwise we failed you. And our biggest compliments have been the people who buzz us the next week and say, we just did everything you guys told us to do. I just sold two arches my first week back because we're showing them systems. I don't want to call it a cookbook, but we do give them in a sense, a cookbook of how to take this wonderful knowledge and implement it in your practice and do the dentistry that you want to do at the fee that you can do it at. Because me and Chris just had a conversation this morning. And this is where I wanted to go with this, too. You know, we have friends out there who have done very, very well. And we're not talking about you two guys, but they've done very, very well. But then they don't really tell you what's going on, um, really, that they're taking different insurances and they don't they can give dentistry away for free. And Chris always liked to say, well, if you're giving away dentistry for free, Chris, what should they do? Yeah, they're always like, oh, well, you know, you guys, you know, what if you, what if patients can't afford it? And they, we have these conversations with a lot of dentists. You guys are doing this big course, but what you're not talking about is what about those patients who come to see you that can't afford it? I go, that's not my concern. 
that's that's it's not my job to make you be able to afford it. I can help you, but if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. You know, I want to drive a, you know, a Lambo. Well, what if I can't afford it? I drive something else or I don't drive that car. You know, there's it, these dentists are always talking like, oh, no, no. But they're like, well, you should be, you know, helping these people out, helping these people out. And I'm like, if you're so much helping these people out, why don't you go work at an Indian reservation, do everything for free? Well, you when know, you say helping them out, though, are you guys offering third-party payment options? Of for course. Your of okay. Course. Well, so that's what. Okay. Of course. Yeah, we do that. But a they're lot of saying, people, yeah, I know, I know exactly with, what he's saying. People are struggling with this concept of if somebody can't do all their teeth, then you know it's your obligation to help them get stage, there. Stage the case. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Got it. You know, so somebody walks I've not in. Heard and, that. You know. Oh, and, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's huge in dentistry right now. All yeah, of these yeah. lecturers talking right. about stage. I've not heard of that. Yeah. You know, building up the posteriors and and fucking composite, then doing the anteriors and right. blah, 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 blah. And our answer is no. You know what staging is at Ritter Ramsey? Go home, raise more money. When you can afford it, I'll do your case or <laughs> third-party financing. But I'm not building your teeth up in composite in the back so I can yeah, do your front Massive thing. liability too with that. Come on, yeah. come on. Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. Dentists are go down these paths. And you know what it is? It's the constant resistance train that drives me crazy. Let me tell you all the reasons why that yeah. won't work for me. And this is what you guys are about. I was at Bulletproof. You guys are constantly showing them how to get rid of the roadblocks that are constantly put up there. And it's such a weird thing that dentists are constantly saying, look, it, we lecture all over. This weekend, I'll be up in um, north of Boston in, in, um, uh, for the uh, New England Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. I'm doing my team building program up there. And I will tell you, I, will, I guarantee you I'm going to meet a couple of dentists. Oh, that won't work because this is Hanover Mass. That's not oh, going to yeah. work for me. Because, And I'm like, listen. I've lectured in Japan, Australia, New Zealand, all throughout the U.S. It's the same. People are the same. Understand humans, and you will understand where the roadblocks you are creating for yourself. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah. So what we get, what we get a lot of, especially from one or two people, is, oh, that I can't do that in my practice. My practice is insurance based, and I feel bad for them. They're farmers. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't afford to go to the Okeechobee Steakhouse every weekend. I had to go to Bonanza. That's called life. Those are life choices. That's what happens. I mean, it's not fun, but that's just the reality of it. There are some people who need full mouth reconstruction after 20 years of wear and they've blown out their teeth. I can only present the best dentistry I possibly can for them. And I'm going to do it very well. And we're going to stand behind our product. That's the other thing. It's another big thing for us is we always stand behind it. But if they can't afford to do it, I, I there are sometimes without you take out the party third party financing in there. What else are we supposed to do? Yeah, it's not your moral I, obligation to make. It's not. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's I, not. And I, if there's practitioners listening to this right now or follow you guys on the regular, let's, I'm going to say, let's say they're seven, eight years or less out of school. They're still kind of fired up. But how many people do you meet that have been doing it as long as we have, the four of us here, all of us a little bit longer, that, that are just fried? And my question is, why are you fried? And there's a multitude of reasons. But most of the people I meet are dentists that are going in every day. They don't have a cohesive team. They, they're doing dentistry they don't want to do. They've been suckered in by pushed around by doing stuff they don't want to do. So my thing is we only do – this is the thing about Ritter Ramsey. We only do the dentistry we want to do, and we only treat the people we want to treat. People go, well, that's that's kind of – that's very uh, that's a very privileged position. Yes, because we grounded out for 20 years, and yeah. now we're in this position to do it. So, but it's also focused on your business model too. Like you're not yes. looking, you know, so everything that we're saying is highly focused. And that's what I love about dentistry. It's very, it's every practice is a snowflake. I mean, if your business plan five years ago is to open up an office, you know, 10 offices or, you know, two a year, you might've taken a different business plan with that. And it's fine because, you know, you're very clear and concise on what, who you want to treat, what your practice wants to look like. And I think the first step that causes major dissatisfaction in the profession is no one ever did that first visioneering step of what they wanted to create. So now they go hear what Ritter Ramsey wants to do. They hear what Spodak wants to do, Bold and all these other people. And they're like, they don't even know. They just start chasing. They start running. And I think it's it's good that you guys know, have that clarity about what you want to create. But I, but I do think that that's another step. So I know being said no to a lot is what you're alluding to, like crushes people's spirit. But I think not having an accurate plan for your career and just listening to all these different sound bites from different places and trying to be something that you never really wanted to be you know, how many you know, how many Craig, people Craig, do you know that are like on their eighth office and they fucking hate it 
and they well, were never Craig, meant you to just, do. You just said something. They don't know where they want to go, right? So what right. they're doing yeah. is they're sampling. They go for all these yeah. different CEs, trying to find that nugget that's going to turn their life around. They never had a clear, concise path of where they wanted to go or where they wanted to wind up. And so they're just kind of flailing through through their profession, which to me is sad, right? Because it and is seeking a more profession. academics, by the way. So when they're lost, they go they go deeper into academics, not into execution. What the protocol is doing, it's more right. occlusal training. It's more of the same, you know. Tell me, tell me the there. breakdown. Can you guys tell me the curriculum? How many days is it? Two, two days, two days. All right. So what's the breakdown of? And is it actually going over prep design? I don't even know. Or is it just is okay. literally going through communication then? Yeah. So we, we break it down into two days. The first day is almost, almost no dentistry at all. Okay. The first day is all about the things that some dentists think that they've got, but they really don't. The ones that like don't realize- Like the stuff we talked about in the it. beginning, right? The enrollment, yeah, it's about the verbiage. patient acquisition. It's about yeah. you know uh, social media engagement, having a great website, all the things that you need to do to mm -hmm. set yourself up for success. Then it's about acquiring, the you know not just acquiring the patients, then Chris talks to them about- how to convert those patients when they eventually call. How do you answer the phone in your practice? Mm -hmm. What does your practice look like? What's the aesthetic? What are you driving for? Right. We're not, we're not trying to find, you know, the 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 person coming in with the one broken tooth that's in pain that now hasn't seen a dentist in seven years. We're looking for the complex cases, the smile design cases, that sort of thing. So, so what do you do with the one tooth broken? Well, hold on. We keep going to the curriculum because okay, right. I want to get I want to get okay, a sorry. holistic well, view. I of, think the, of it. Thank the you. correct description of a protocol is very simple. It's a chronological order through the journey from beginning to end. And that's what we created. It's a patient journey. Today. It's a patient journey. Yes. So, patient how journey. Are they going to find if they are they going to find you and how do they find you? Now that they found you, they make their first phone call. What happens at that first phone call? How is that phone call handled? Team team involvement. Now they decide to come in. Now they come in. Now they want to, They sit down to do the consult. We go over all the patient psychology. Everything goes in in, in the art and science of the consult. Now they say yes. Now how do you digitize all the records? Now, how do you communicate with the lab? Now, how do you do design? How do you prep the case? How do you do everything? But it's a chronological journey over two days from beginning to end of how do people go from find, not knowing who you are to finding you to going through the entire journey to the very, very end. And it, it's it's I like that. It's connecting the, all the dots, right? Oh because you can go God. anywhere for prep design. You can go anywhere, to, I guess, Absolutely. to listen to about phone, phone verbiage or something, right? But right. to see it in a holistic curriculum where it connects all the dots in, in, in continuum, that's important, right? Because it, it's contextually important. It's it's just it shows the patient journey the whole way. And then, you know, like, OK, as opposed to having to fragment put these fragments together yourself as a dentist who you probably that's not your strong suit you get to see it in an overarching it's a global right it's a global approach like the yeah, second yeah. day is more of the technical dentistry right it's about the digitization using digital chairside scanners it's about the ceramic selection all the minutia of dentistry how and then of course what we do is you know the whole temp swap thing which is part of the protocol and trying in for color which is very unique that nobody else is doing nobody has done that in a two-day fashion. A lot of people, like you said, will show a prep design, but they, they just take it as for granted that you're attracting, you know, five patients a month to do full mouths on. They never go over how to speak to the patient, how to interact with the patient, uh, the touchstones in your practice, what your practice dynamic is like, what your practice looks like, how it literally lives and breathes. They don't go over any of that in these other courses. Again, we're filling a void that nobody else has. Yeah, I see that. I see that. So just out of curiosity, you said something because I, I, I hear you guys can learn all this stuff and knowledge is not power, execution is power and not having those missing pieces, you're just spinning your tire. So I, I applaud you guys for what you do. I think it's awesome. I, you know, my buddy Tish went there too and said it was awesome right. as well. That's right. Tish so, came. That's right. He's great. Yeah. Tish loved it. Uh, but you said something that just like kind of like put up my antennas. You said, we're not looking to deal with the, or I don't remember the context of it, no, but no, no. like Let the me person with when we're marketing, specific marketing, we're looking for the complex or the small design cases. It's not that we don't take somebody who comes in with a broken tooth, but our emphasis on marketing is not to be to grab 100 new patients a month. It's not. It. It's, to, it's to attract the type of dentistry, arch dentistry that we're looking forward to doing. Just like, I mean, no, I, I, dentists, don't need, dentists don't need a course on how to tell somebody, hey, number 19 is broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody needs that. No, so, I was just thinking, I was making, I wasn't talking in the context of the protocol. I was like, you know, we're, I just thought like, just from my, cause I'm just curious about your practice. Like, so someone shows up, new patient, broken number 19, you're like, good, we're, we're ready to roll. Oh yeah, we're, we're, yeah. we're ready to go. Well, we're, we're milled here. 
I like yeah. I did today. Yeah. I did a number. Yeah, I yeah. did one here today. Yeah, of course. Got it. Um, Got it. But you said something in a podcast that was absolutely, I, I said it to Ramsey this morning, that one podcast I listened to when you're talking about verbiage in the office. It was probably Bolden who said it if it was good. Yeah. No, it was both of you. It was both of you. It was it was a couple of weeks ago. Remember the one you did on um, verbiage in the office? Yeah, things to not say. Yes, verbiage about like yeah, we correct. say like gross debridement. We talked about gross debridement a lot. All that. But there were other terms. things at the end of that episode that were as good, if not better. And one uh, of the things you mentioned where you're talking about APA, and, you're, and APA said something that was really important that I want people to understand. He said you said something to the effect of, and he, yeah. repeating what he said. People think they're coming for APA. No, no, no. They know when they come to APA, they're getting APA. What they're right. really coming for is a higher level of dentistry. They okay? think they, they want APA, right? But what APA. they're really wanting is that really experience, important. that touch. Right? Experience that experience in the higher level of dentistry. And I think that's what we've tried to do locally. We're not based in Manhattan. You know, we're here in Jupiter Palm Beach Gardens. But I think when people come to us, I think that's kind of what we're trying to establish the bar at. Yes. Yes, because you guys, but look, it starts with your curate curation of the patient, meaning from your social media is kind of attracting that the picture behind you, as a matter of fact, like, look at that, you got, a, you got a picture of a smile design, I guess a restored smile behind you, your yeah. website is portraying that you guys talk about I mean, so by the time someone gets to your practice, they're not coming for I needed, a, I needed a dentist near me on Google, right? That that wasn't right. what they typed in to get to you. Correct. So yes, they are they are a higher qualified patient because you guys are attracting that. You're setting the the bait, metaphorically speaking, for that level of patient. Well, make but no mistake about it. I always and like your version. Yeah, and make uh, no mistake about it though. We are by all definitions restorative dentists. So 100%. all day long we're doing restorative single unit. Listen, everybody out there listening to this podcast, you'll make a great living. You'll do it. The easiest day in the world I ever had was a, a while back. I had a Monday four single unit implant impressions. Oh yeah. my God. It was like There's finding hands. money on the ground. I was like, is that $10,000? Like, wait, wait, am I done here? Am I done for the day? Yeah, you feel like you want to extend a little longer. Well, we're going to do one more one more bite registration. Oh, yeah. Can you just take a scan? Yeah. Any consults need me today? Oh my yeah. God. I know so so don't, make, don't misunderstand us. We know that you can make a great living doing some just general dentistry all day long. It's great. It's great. What we're trying to say is, there's a world of dentistry out there that your community needs. The question is, are uh, you even on the radar in your community for someone to say, I need this? Are you even in the top three of a consideration? And if you're not, the question is, why? Why are you not? Do you just choose to say, no, I don't want to be? Well, the guy across the street's better than me. Who said? Who said? You can't, you can't rely on dentists to say who's awesome in their town. What's the consumer think? How are they finding you? And that's where Rob, that's where the protocol kicks off. Rob kicks off the very first day, the first hour. Basically, these are the four pillars that you need to fix when you go home so that you will be seen or known in your community. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't care what Craig is doing because he's so far south of me. My patients aren't going there. So we are always looking at what everybody else is doing. A lot of people look up to you guys. What's Peter doing? What's Craig doing? The truth of the matter is, I don't give a shit. I can emulate your success but I got to be concerned with five to seven square miles around my facility. Right. That's it. I don't care how anybody Hyper-local. else is. Hyper-local. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just funny. Be- we have such different views on it. As you're talking, I can hear. And that's why my comment is so foreign to you. We have such different views. Like my view, and this is, it's not right or wrong. My view of, of dentistry is your dental. Pro- I, I think we as dentists overestimate the understanding of patients. Like they, it, we maybe there's AACD guys out there right now. They're like, Oh, well, if you're not credited, like a patient would never go to you. Average patient doesn't even fucking know who the ACD is. They don't even understand that. So I, I, I just think that what, what we really have here is very different views. Like my view of dentistry is that it should be your people think everything can be done by a dentist. In fact, they actually think that they don't even need a dentist or else Smile Direct Club and those type of direct-to-consumer things wouldn't be doing so well. It's surprising that the lack of understanding of the patient never ceases to amaze me that they don't understand what we understand. So my view is that they go to you because you're a well-regarded dental office. And when they show up, they actually expect that the average run-of-the-mill dentist can do cosmetics. They expect that. So I, that's why I, we ask in this practice, do you love your smile? Because it's an opening, it's an opening, qu- well, it's an not, opening question. Hold on. I need to, we need to go back to something. They are not yeah. doing well, Craig, by the way, smile. Who's, 
Well, they are seventy-eight percent chance of going bankrupt right now. Right. Okay. So they stats. made it when you told if you would have told me five years ago, hey, there's going to be a direct to consumer orthodontic company. You simply take your own alginate impression, send it off. No one's going to buy that shit. And guess what? There were millions of dollars that were spent in that endeavor. So it was a good thing. Like it was like wow. Like you know, like look, Target was fighting Walmart. Walmart was fighting Target. Then Amazon comes over and like sucker punches both of them. No oh, one knew yeah. this was coming. So at the yeah. time that Smile Direct Club came out, the American Academy of Orthodontics is, is actually launching a million, multi-million dollar campaign saying, don't go to a general dentist. Make sure you go to an orthodontist. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, SDC comes out like, don't go to either one of them. Just come to us. <laughs> so all I'm saying is that there's an opportunity. Patients don't understand what we understand. So my view of dentistry shapes the way I practice, just like yours does. You know, I think there's a lot of people that show up and I've seen it time and time again, but it's all like anecdotal. They come in because they have a broken front tooth, chipped or worn, and they walk out with an FMR because that's what they actually needed. Okay. Yes. I want to say something too. And that's happened. You guys practice. I have seen this and I've actually been victim of this in in the career is that you spend hundreds, the dentist will spend hundreds of hours learning a new craft or skill. Let's call it implants or something only to find that nothing changed in their ecosystem, meaning their marketing didn't change. So like mm. what good is, is learning these new skills if you haven't, if you haven't gotten the at-bats to then perform, right? I love that. And that's where I love where you guys are saying like, hey, it's not just like learn this skill in an echo chamber and therefore you will be. It's no, you have to learn the skills to get you to even that conversation, that conversation to then that. get you to enroll, that enrollment to then get you to better. succeed. Totally. Yes. And yeah, so totally. that's where I love, that's why I like, it's a great thing in, in, in comprehension is that it's not just go, because I, I learned how to do implants in, in an echo chamber. I got home and I, I didn't know how to enroll implants, right? I was like, oh, I guess I can do it. And then I got too scared and then I just lost the skill altogether. And I was like, I'll just stay in my lane and do cosmetics. Mm-hmm. But hey, but, there's something I want to, there's something we want to announce though, uh, if that's okay, because I know we're going to run out of time here. Um, uh so, you know, our courses sell out very quickly. We're very blessed in that way. Uh, we, we go on, you know, Instagram or, or Facebook or something like that, or a podcast like yours. And within, you know, 24 hours, it sells out. And the next two courses are sold out. And we have some dates. You need for a bigger April. room. Yeah. So well, that's what this is that's about. funny that you said that. Yeah. Okay. That's, so yeah. we have, because one of our partners is Align, the Invisalign company. We now are able to provide our course up at the Align headquarters Good. in Raleigh, North Carolina, April 14th and 15th. And the reason we decided to do it there is I took a tour of the facility. And the facility is basically, the way they have it set up, the same thing that we have here in our own private office, only we can scale it and have more people there. So April 14th and 15th, we are going to be having the course at the Align Center and we're very, very excited to share this with everybody today. April and Align, 14th. if you're listening for our upcoming summit in 2024, we'll be happy to use that same room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're actually that's we, uh, awesome. We haven't, we, haven't we, we, you guys are the first, we're, this is the first time we're ever announcing it for the first time. November sold yeah. out, February sold out, but April just got approved. Uh, we're going to, everybody kept saying, like, you got to upscale this, you got to upscale it, we need more people that type of thing. And so we're excited. And what's the, what's the uh, matriculation size in this one? Like how big can you go? How many people? As many well, as you 30, 30 would be a minimum 50 would be great. And there, but a line's like, Oh no, no, no. We can put a lot more in that room. And we're like, so what can you put in there? Can you put a hundred? 70. I think. Oh, that's awesome. I know it's, so, it's somewhere yeah. between 75 and a hundred at the same time. I don't want to lose the, you know, somewhat of the intimacy that we have. So we got to be right. a little careful with that. We got to, you know, titrate that a little bit. Um, you know, but we haven't told anybody other than you two guys, seriously, we haven't mentioned it to a single person. So how 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 does someone register? What's the, is it, is it the protocol? Well, we have not opened registration right now, but there, we have a website called the protocol and we'll be able to put registration up there as well. Um, we've just, again, we literally procured the dates last week from Align. So now we got to put it all together. It'll be April 14th and 15th up in Raleigh. And if you haven't been to that center, it's mind blowing how awesome it is. And it's literally two miles outside of the airport. There's a hotel right down the street. There'll be a, a bus service that'll take you back and forth. It's as convenient as it can get. It has all the technology that we have here at the office. It'll be there at the Alliance Center. You won't, everything that we do here, we'll be doing exactly up there. 
Awesome. Yeah, so. I think about one of the biggest travesties in dentistry is those dentists who have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars in years refining the academic aspects of their of their craft and don't get any traction and are going out of business or not successful. It's such Sad. a kick in the crotch to, really to invest in yourself and not be able to have traction. You know, like I said before, it's not knowledge, it's execution that makes the change. So what I love about what you guys are doing and as you guys were talking, it just makes such abundant sense to me that you actually connect all those dots and allow people to have traction because the investment won't return anything if they can't apply it. So with you guys as sad. that that little and that's that's that that's what I'm proud of you guys for doing. And and I think uh I, I hear you about the intimacy, but it's such a problem in dentistry. I would challenge you guys to think bigger because there's a lot of guys out there, hardworking guys and gals that have learned so much and gone to all those courses and they still can't get it right. They just need that the protocol to like make it kind of click into gear and actually move the tires. Well, we'd love to help everybody. And we really do. I got to tell you, when I, when people come back from the course and I get those texts and little videos, um, it just it just makes us feel awesome, right? Because we're sharing. I mean, I didn't come up with some of these things, some of the things we did, but some of it, we just take it and kind of mold it a little bit easier for implementation for people. And to be able to share that is that that's where I get my <laughs> enjoyment from the course is being able to share this information, this institutional memory that we've had for over 25 years. It, it's really great. So th thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate you guys. You guys, I, I love li listening to the podcast. I love the higher level at your which you're operating and you're trying to inspire other dentists to to do by. Where do you it, feel like we really could great. get better, Rob? Where do you feel like we could get better? Oh, good question, Peter. Thank you. you mean, in the off. podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Just like what's or, or you've in the been ecosystem. To our, you went to our summit. You you have a really oh, good lecture. They both lectured at this last year's summit. Yeah. So you've, yeah, you've I, did, I, wanted, I saw it all. enough exposure now. So where can we get better? Well, I think there's probably some I think there's again, there's always going to be a subsection of dentists that you could always reach that you're probably not. I think there might be some opportunities coming up for you guys maybe next year. Get in front of some younger dentists. Right, Ramsey? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember where you were going to go, but now they're going to go ahead and. Yeah. Yeah. So I was asked to speak to the AACD and because of, uh, uh, other obligations and things like that in that year, I, I wasn't able to do it. And I heard that they are reaching out to you guys to have the main stage. So, um, I was like, all right, well, if you guys are going to reach out to these guys, I think AACD is an amazing group of individuals, young practitioners who are all like-minded that could super, super, super benefit from the yeah, bulletproof. They would, they, they so would. if that is coming your way, I'm going to encourage you, please take them up on it. It's going to be in Grapevine, Texas next year. And uh, it's in April. Um, and I think it's going to be an amazing opportunity. I, I was shocked. I will tell you, when I spoke for you guys, the energy and the desire for knowledge from that group of individuals that you guys bring into Bulletproof was just, I mean, it really took me back. Like I go to a lot of meetings still, and a lot of it's the same, you know, milling about, talking shit, whatever. I've never seen a, a group of individuals so thirsty for so much information. And I think one of the benefits that really stood out is everybody knows you two, but everyone knows you two have taken such different paths in, you know, one's one office, one is multiple offices, you know. And so it's an interesting dynamic that you both are teaching together, but yet you're like, look, we don't have one formula. We have a lot of things that make us successful. And I don't know, my my room was packed and the energy coming from that group put off more energy than groups I've done, you know, that are 500 in a room, you know? So it was, um, it was awesome. So I do I like, yeah, I was going to say, you know, Peter, I like when you guys have different practitioners on that have different business models. I glean a lot of information from that because you're right. I don't do everything that Craig does or you do, Peter. We don't. Um, and so when I pick up a little bit of information from, I, I always write down my little notes from there and what we're going to change in the office. I just told him today a couple of things that we need to implement and I get it from these podcasts. You know, when I'm doing my little beach walks that people make fun of me on, on Instagram, I'm not just, I like those. I, I How could great. you make fun I, of a beach that, walk? That's a, that's I like, always do a beach walk. It's, it's offensive to mountain That means people. you won, dude. If you can walk on the beach in the morning, every morning, you won. You well, won not every life. morning. I, it's every, it's every Friday morning. I, Friday <laughs> morning. makes fun I of that? Me, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good. Hey, listen, there's there's some good benefits of living in Florida when you're not running away from hurricanes, right, Craig? Yes, true. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah let's keep. Well, that thank in mind. you. That's good feedback, and and uh, yeah, in full disclosure, we 
we, Craig got hit up last night and pulled the trigger. So we will be, um, I guess, taking your spot. Ramsey. Yeah, you slid into uh, slide. You guys are gonna be way. You guys are gonna be way better. That's gonna be good. I mean, that the I AC, agree with. But the AC needs to be very happy. You guys are gonna crush it. But <laughs> they, if, you're they, they going to, if you're considering going to AACD, you should. Yeah, then don't miss. If you guys, your ACD, the, these people should definitely hear what you have to say because those people I, are super thirsty for taking their practices to another level. That's why they're they there. Are. That's a like-minded group out there yeah it's a good it's a good exposure yeah and so that's uh yeah i agree it's a different subset of people that we don't you know potentially have have as listeners mm -hmm. and so uh yeah right. that's awesome so thank you thank you thank you chris i just want to publicly say thank you for not being able to go right he abdicated that <laughs> slot and you split into a cougar that's okay right. that's so right. i think we're, we're in good shape yeah. yeah that's right yeah yeah oh, happy, you know happy, they say happy, you know what happy. they say about second place though ramsey it's first you're still, place a, you're still a first place loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> you know, Pete, Pete, the next time the next time you have us on, hint, hint, you know what yeah. we have to talk about in depth? Tell me, tell me from your notes Health. looking down. Health. 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 Oh, Remember you want to do a biohacking? But well, I, you know, okay. So we call it, you call it biohacking a lot. All of right, just total it, health. You're right. It's not biohacking. It's you right, as it's your own health advocate. Health. Remember, we had a conversation a couple of months ago, and there's just so many things that me and Chris do, that are some of the things that you do, and some other things that maybe you don't do. And we always ask ourselves why people don't take better care of themselves preemptively, instead of winding up in some of the situations that they're at, it makes no sense to us. I, it, I love that. I, actually, even since I've talked to you, I've got like three different things that I've been doing. Oh, I love um, my chili pad. I love my chili. I can't. Oh yeah. I got pad. you on the chili pad. Did change oh, your life. I'm telling pad. you, man, are you yeah, tracking yeah, it with your sleep score and stuff now? I don't, have an aura aura. Ring? I don't have an aura. I, I, I took my aura ring and threw it in the trash. Cause I feel oh good God. in the morning. I'm like, I feel great. And then I saw I had like a 74, like need improvement. I'm like, damn it. I can't even feel good. No, like, it tells like, you how you should feel. No. Now imagine I came to you, Craig. Imagine I said, Craig, how do you feel about your night's sleep? Oh, <laughs> shitty man. But you're not a sleep specialist. Hey. I hope you asked me that. Hey, I, I'm an expert on sleep. I sleep fantastic. Therefore, hey, I, I went to the Cleveland Clinic, by the way, and they asked all these questions. Like they dove into my like the executive health program. They dove into like my nutrition and water. I mean, that's I think it's just incumbent upon us. And I want to reopen this this uh battle, but it's just like these are good questions because you have information that can help a layperson. Yeah, hey, I don't, we're done with that. Let, yeah. Peter, the, hey, Peter, yeah. you, Peter this. I just got signed on. Just no money involved in it whatsoever, but literally just became it's the first time I've ever had anything like this because I don't do a lot of this. Just became a brand ambassador for insidetracker.com. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a yep. cool that's a cool. I mean, that look, anytime you can get tests on a continuum, I think it's a good thing. Um Track what is it inside tracker? It tracks it, your blood. Uh, yeah, just 43, bio, 43 biomarkers. David is that the thing you put in the back of your arm and you snap it in there? So no, interestingly, that's a lever. Rob, aren't you on the aren't you on the PK uh, PC P PCSK nine S nine inhibitor monoclonal antibodies? I am. Rapatha. I'm on that. So and interesting. They, the they just talked about that. We we are doing a lot of stuff with the, kind of the all in podcast, like trying to emulate their model. We have a foursome. Actually, this is a foursome kind of like that. And they just brought it up and they were talking about how that's like this miracle drug and how they're actually yeah. Coolio was the way it came up. They were talking about Coolio and him dying and then like how people really need to kind of like step in front of them, and be their own advocates for their health. And then that came up, that inhibitor came up as like people versus a statin versus the inhibitors now. And he was like, and Shamath Palipapatia was saying, it's literally like a miracle drug. It's a gene expression drug. It's not just a drug that you that throws an atomic bomb at your cardiovascular system and like, and squells the inflammation. It actually addresses. Right. It's specifically targeted through monoclonal antibodies. So for and the first time in 47 years, I'm 47. First time in 47 years, I ever had a optimum blood result back. A testing and getting it back where everything was green was just green. this last one. So wait, what what did it modulate? What what it, what things were bad? It inhibits this enzyme called PCKS9, right? And so it, it, it changes. Yeah. <clears throat> inhibits it and therefore it shuts down if, if some people have genetic right they just produce cholesterol and they're just uh, so this is you're, you're talking about your cholesterol cholesterol uh, cholesterol. lpa Although, testing for lpa yeah. testing for all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. and it just so made it Craig, down, it made everything better right cool. it brings down your it brings down your simply it brings down your ldl but it also brings down your triglycerides my numbers remember i shared them with you i mean i, I it's a humble brag yeah. my ldl now is at 34 
And what? I only use it once a month. You know what infants are at, by the way? 40. Yeah. So what does that tell you? Craig, you and should be on this drug because you have Frank's sign. Yeah. Oh, here you know I've heard about sign that. Is, guys? Yeah. I have he, it too. He fucked you with me the it. night before of the uh, summit. He's like, dude, I love you, but you're not long for this world. Like, this is real. This is a serious thing. Frank's sign is on the ear, Ramsey. If yeah, it's, it, a, it's a horizontal ear. line on the uh, ear. Craig has it, he, Craig's is clefting right now. I was like, dude, you might yeah. not make it through this lecture. <laughs> he got really deep in there. He's like, dude, I love you, but you're a goner. He kept messing yeah. with me. So wait, what happened to Coolio, by the way? Coolio's dead, died. dude. I heard, but why Why did the Coolio reference happen? I mean, probably ripping lines for 20 though? years at concerts. Right, that's but... what I'm thinking. Like, you think Coolio's like, you're not talking about like the rock dying of uh, cardiovascular disease. You're talking about Coolio. I think there was some I mean, cardiovascular thing. I, I don't know. Basically, they got on that, and then he started talking about that. And I was like, wow, what are the chances that like this thing, and I just had this great, great blood result, finally after questing for it for 40 years to have a good yeah. one, finally got one. And it's not because I it was me. It was the fact that I was the own advocate for my own health care. And I was the one who brought this to my doctor. I was the one who said, I need this. I was the one who got approved for it, right? It, Imagine if you would have had a doctor, though, that would have said, do you love your cholesterol, though? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. That was full circle. And with that, thanks, everyone. And with that, we're out, guys. <laughs> hey, guys, this thanks, awesome. Everyone. Thanks so much for having us.